0: Good morning and no welcome to radio. Good morning and welcome to Darker Demons, Chapter One. Awakening, Alexandra is engulfed in darkness so dense she can't tell if her eyes are open or shut. Head and heart pounding, she reaches up, probing. Her hand brushes against something, something soft and wet. Stifling the scream, threatening to escape from her throat, she tries to move her legs. There's plenty of space to move them from side to side, but when she tries to lift them, they hit an obstacle. The world is black, but slowly lightning. Think, Alex. What's the last thing you remember, she asks herself in a hollow-sounding voice. She remembers a dark street, walking with Jake had left the movie before it was over and headed downtown for a late dinner they agreed the storyline of the so-called based on real events film was implausible some nonsense about ghosts and demons roaming the streets of new orleans she could picture jake's face as they passed under the gas lap in front of their favorite restaurant his dark brown eyes were crinkling at the corners as they recalled one of the more absurd scenes from the film. And then, the pounding in her head is easing up a little. She tries to sit up, but discovers something holding her back. Turning her head, she finds she can only move it an inch or two in either direction. Blinding light is coming from above her. Unable to shield her eyes, she squeezes them shut, but the light penetrates her eyelids. She has the sensation of being touched, but can't feel anything solid. It's more... An idea of touching, being caressed by a breath. Her body begins to respond to the touch. Trying to fight it off in her confused and weakened state is impossible. Strange scenes play out behind her eyelids. She sees Jake, but not Jake. His eyes are an odd shape and bulge out of his head. He's laughing. She sees herself spread-eagled on a metallic platform, something holding her down. Around her neck is a metal choker fastened to the platform with a heavy chain. Then Jake is on top of her and she is screaming and screaming. Reawakening, she hears the birds outside her window. Her neck feels raw. The dream has left her badly shaken. Realizing she has no memory of the previous night, she feels the beginning of a panic attack. Throwing back the cover, she gasps as her feet hit the floor. Terrible cramps grow up Grip her insides and she doubles over in pain. Collapsing back on the bed, she tries to catch her breath. After a few minutes, the pain subsides and she is able to walk to the bathroom. Gazing at her reflection, she feels bewildered, as if the woman staring back is a stranger. Where were we last night? she asks the woman. No reply. Showering in the soothing warm water helps bring her back to reality, but doesn't trigger any recollections of the previous night. Her phone begins ringing as she is toweling off. It's her boss wanting to know where the hell she is. But it's Sunday, why would I come to work on a Sunday? Well, you must have had one crazy weekend. It's Monday morning and you're supposed to be here helping me prepare for our presentation tomorrow. Her boss, Caitlin goals. Oh, geez, I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. I'll be there as soon as I can. Are you sure you're all right? Your voice sounds kind of hoarse. Yes, yes, I'm fine. I'll see you in a bit. Throwing open her closet door, she's dismayed to see nothing but tailored clothes and neutral shades. Why do I have all these boring outfits? These are not my taste at all. Or are they? Once again, she has the overwhelming feeling of inhabiting a stranger's body. Pushing hanger after hanger aside, She finally comes across a peacock blue silk dress. This is more like it, she says, the soft fabric sliding between her fingers, giving her chills. Slipping the dress over her head, she turns to admire her image. The woman in the mirror is smiling her approval. Returning to the bathroom, she pulls out her makeup draw and begins applying lines and color to her eyelids. Puckering her lips, she adds deep red lipstick. I didn't even know I had this color. Pretty hot, she tells her reflection. On any other day, she would put on sneakers and walk the five blocks to her office. Today, she slips on heels and pulls out her phone to arrange for an Uber ride. By the time she locates her purse and walks downstairs, her ride is waiting at the curb. The young male driver casts an admiring look in the rearview mirror. Headed to the office? Must be rough. How did you know I was going to the office, Alexandra asks. The address you gave, it's an office building. Right, sorry, I had a strange weekend, Alexandra replies. The young man grins. I hear you. The car pulls up in front of Alexandra's office and the young driver jumps out almost before the car has stopped to rush around and open the door for her. He reaches out. She takes his hand. Startled by the sudden feeling of heat, she jerks her hand back. The driver only smiles and bows his head. Enjoy your day, Alex, he says, winking as he walks away. Hurrying up the steps to the front door of her office building, she's aware of the hollow sound her heels are making as they hit the bricks. Throwing open the door, she is struck by the absence of motion. People are at their desks, posing like mannequins. All eyes are on her as she walks across the room to her desk. What is it, people? Haven't you ever seen anyone get to work a little late? Jeez. Caitlin's office door is opening, slowly. Her boss is looking at her so strangely, shaking her head. Standing, she shouts a question at Caitlin. What's wrong with everyone? Why are you all behaving like this? Caitlin has reached Alexandra's desk. She drops something. A newspaper on the desk and points. Picking it up, Alexandra sees the headline. It's about Jake. The story says his body was found late Sunday night in Waldenburg Park. The horrifying details regarding the condition of his body are too much for her. She collapses in a dead faint. Struggling to regain consciousness is like trying to escape heaven to enter hell. As she opens her eyes, the pain claws away at her brain, leaving it shredded and raw. Caitlin is leaning over her with a damp cloth, patting her forehead. There are two policemen now, one on each side of her boss. Alexandra, can you hear me? These men want to ask you some questions, hon. Are you up to it? Excuse me, ma'am, but she has to answer our questions, whether she feels up to it or not. Alexandra brushes Caitlin's hand away. What is it you need to ask me, Officer? Aaron, Officer Aaron, I'd like to know where you were last evening. Beginning calmly, she says, I wish I could tell you, but I can't seem to remember anything about last night. In fact, I don't remember anything after Saturday night when Jake, oh, God, Jake, Jake, the moans coming out of her now are barely human. Unable to utter even the briefest answers to the questions being thrown at her, she just covers her face and screams, just leave me alone. Caitlin turns on the officer, shouting at them to call an ambulance. She's hysterical. She needs medical attention now. That's the last thing she hears before passing out again. Her eyes open. She sees a man in a white coat leaning over her. Behind him is Caitlin, teary-eyed, wringing her hands. There doesn't appear to be anyone else in the small room. Oh, thank God you're awake. I was getting so worried. Trying to answer, her raw throat makes it impossible to do more than groan. The doctor pats her hand and turns to Caitlin. Taking her arm, they walk out of the room, and he returns alone. Don't worry. It's normal for you to have difficulty talking after so much time. She manages to get out two words. How long? You've been with us for two weeks. Seeing the panicked expression on her face, the doctor tries to reassure her. Don't worry, Alexandra, you're fine. You're going to be all right now. Try to get some rest, he says, as he leaves the room. Rest, she thinks. Isn't that all I've been doing for two weeks? How can I rest when I have no idea what's happening to me? Abruptly recalling the events leading up to her collapse, she feels her head explode with pain. Jake, oh God, he's dead. He's dead, and I have no clue where I was when it happened. She sits up, frantically searching for a wastebasket or a bedpan, anything able to catch the bile rising in her throat. She grabs the water pitcher too late. She buzzes for the nurse, then puts her head back on the pillow, sobs shaking her body. The nurse bustles in and cleans up the mess replacing the soil blanket with a fresh one. She fetches a bright blue bag and places it on Alexandra's nightstand. Here you go, babe. If you feel sick again, just use this here bag. Alexandra nods her head and smiles, pointing to her throat. She hopes the nurse understands it's still difficult to speak. After patting her hand and smiling, the nurse leaves. Odd language for a nurse, Alexandra thinks. Alone again, Alexander tries to reconstruct the events which ended with her in the hospital in a coma. There is a faint memory, a whisper in her consciousness. She recalls waking up in darkness, almost unable to move, then a bright piercing light, then nothing. The doctor and Caitlin return. He says, I'm sending your boss home. She's been here almost constantly since we admitted you. She needs some rest before she collapses too. I'll give you two a minute alone. Suddenly, Alexandra feels herself slipping back again, away from the present. It's like being sucked into a deep hole. Caitlin is receding until she is no more than a tiny dot in Alexandra's vision. She's in her apartment. The hospital gown is gone. She is dressed in jeans and a low-cut silk blouse, holding two glasses of wine. She looks up and sees a man on the couch. He's smiling at her, holding out his hand to accept the glass she is offering. She passes the wine and sits down next to him. Are you all right, babe? You're looking at me a little oddly, Jake says. Yes, I'm okay. I just had the weirdest feeling, though. I can't put my finger on it, but I feel like we've done this exact same thing, had this same conversation before. It's not really so peculiar, is it? I'm sure we have had very similar conversations in the past. I guess, but this was different somehow. I got a really strong feeling of deja vu. So what would you like to do tonight? Do you want to see that new movie everyone's talking about, Darker Demons? No, sorry, no. I heard it was terrible. Why don't we just stay home? Mm, I like the sound of that, Jake says. He puts down his wine and reaches over, grabbing Alexandra's hair, pulling her towards him. Roughly yanking her blouse over her head, he is kissing her so hard her mouth feels bruised and hot. What are you doing? Take it easy. You're hurting me. You seemed to like it the other night with all those people watching. You kept begging me for more. Don't you remember, babe? As Alexandra looks into his bulging eyes, she sees her own reflection surrounded by flames. And that's the end of Chapter 1. And tune in next week for Chapter 2. And if you can't wait to see what happens... You can go to Amazon.com and order a paperback copy or a Kindle copy of Darker Demons today. Thanks and bye.